Up World. It's your past first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today is a very special episode. We are joined by host of Locked On Pelicans, Jake Madison. Jake, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on to talk about <laughs> Dame time the other night in this game tonight. I caught you mid coffee. It's a morning recording. Yeah, I sorry, I was like not ready for it there. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you listen. We'll still get into it. Uh, it's just like the Pelicans kind of get caught off guard. Um, that was a cheap. That was a cheap shot to start the <laughs> show. For that, cheap man. shot. Um, so, I listeners know that I talked a bunch about the end of this game on, on yesterday's episode. So we don't need to rehash the final five minutes. But what I want to ask you, Jake, is what type of player can guard Zion Williamson? Like what, what does it take? Who, who have been this season, who have been the most either player or strategies for slowing Zion down? You know, I, there, there's not a good answer to that. Right. And if I had the answer to that, I should probably be a coach in the NBA and yeah, yeah. a lot more Pelicans. money than, yeah, exactly. Right. And be like, uh, if they, if they, if I had a plan to slow down Zion, um, you know, the, the thing is like, no one's really been able to do it, especially this season where he just looked healthy and a different player than he did last year. And you've kind of seen him grow over the course of the year. There's two models to do it because look, you can try walling off the rim against him. Like they were talking on the broadcast, right? And the Blazers were doing that. Other teams have tried to do that. And he still scores. You can put three, four guys on him and he is so nimble. He is so much finesse. That spin move he has is so lightning fast. And the explosiveness he has, he's going to get to the rim and score. And like the finishing is unbelievable for a guy of his size at, at this stage, this early in his career. It's at times Kyrie Irving-esque, I think. And I think people are almost sleep on Zion to some degree because he's not throwing down the monster dunks that he did in college. Those like highlight real plays. But he's doing it with the finishing, which to me is almost just a little bit more impressive. It just doesn't make top 10 highlights like, you know, a dunk over someone's going to do. So there's there's no easy answer. It, it takes a guy like Giannis or LeBron James or Anthony Davis. You need length and strength. And there's not too many guys who are elite defenders who really kind of have that. Long arms can kind of give him some trouble given his somewhat shorter height at around 6'6 six, six or so. But he's got so much finesse to kind of get around guys and usually guys that are super tall and lanky. He can just push you off with his strength. It, it, it's just not easy. Honestly, the, the best game plan that I've found to or that I've seen to slow him down is foul the heck out of him and force officials to call it every single time. You looked at this game and he went to the line six times. It, it probably should have been more than that. He doesn't get calls like Damian Lillard does just yet. Like Gary Trent Jr. had more free throw attempts than Zion Williamson did. Yeah, well, There's you know, Gary is a downhill beast. He's well known for just being a downhill player, you know, not just a shooter, but a, a, a guy who tacks the rim relentlessly. Just a, it's just fearsome, right? You know, <laughs> Rudy Gobert got nothing on, on Gary Trent Jr. here. So, like, when you kind of see that, you realize he doesn't get the calls that he probably deserves. Yeah, so Stan Van Gundy reminded us all. So, I, I heard I heard Stan Van Gundy's comments. He's mad. <laughs> Big mad, yeah, I've Stan. Seen, you've seen it, like, this year. Like, Zion's probably a dude, when, when he takes what? You know, he'll take 18 shots in a game, and 17 of them are at the rim. And, right. like, come on. Like, this, this is a guy who could be going to the line 10-plus times a game very easily, I think. And officials just aren't going to give him that just yet. So until, he do, until they do that, foul him as much as you can because there's few players in the league who are just that capable of kind of shutting him down one-on-one. -on -one. And look, you, you and I talked about it on my show. Portland threw a number of different guys at him to try different things and nothing really worked. 
Yeah, I mean, the Blazers don't have very good defensive players. There's also so, that. <laughs> so it's like, it's like I don't think the solution is going to be on the roster necessarily, but no. like, I, I was more thinking like an archetype. I, one, one thing I've thought of with Zion is that I, I think length is your best bet, like in theory, because I'm, I'm a, I, I'm, a, I'm, you know, I'm from the uh, Orlando Magic School of Long Arms. I just believe that long arms are the best. That's the best type of arm. Everyone knows. Uh, but is there is there maybe like a Chuck Hayes or a PJ Tucker type, someone who's just like a little tank who could like crowd Zion and, and be strong enough to not get do, like, is that an option or is he or is he just going to get past those guys because he's too explosive? So I, so I think it's, it's, yeah, I think it could work. And I, I don't think we've seen it like enough times to whether, you know, make a declaration or not. I think like in theory, yeah, that sounds kind of good, but here's the thing, you know, they're using him as a guard a whole lot right now. This point Zion thing is very real. Can those guys guard out on the perimeter and handle Zion blowing by well, them? I mean, Chuck Hayes is probably like from the 50 years line? old, so probably not. <laughs> yeah. So like, I would assume that like Zion would be able to take him to the rack. Uh, so it's like that kind of idea of that, like, Compact guy who maybe down low can handle him in the post, yes, but if they're not going to be comfortable guarding him out on the perimeter, it's going to be a big problem. And then the other thing is, you know what? He'll eat you alive passing the ball. He had eight assists in this game. It's a, it's a career high. And it's not just little easy passes where you don't want to give him like that much credit for just hitting like the wide open man down low, right? Because there's four guys on him. He's doing overhead passes. He's doing bounce passes. I've seen him break out behind the back passes this year. The passing he has is, is really unbelievable and just such a leap that he's taken this year. You know what? Go ahead. Defend him well. He's just going to kick it out to open guys that he created these shots for. And if they convert, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of thing. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the choice is like, let's have Eric Bledsoe and Nikhil anyone other than Zion B. Yeah, like I, I think that's the choice. But you saw in that game, like his ability to skip over the top of the zone to like see the weak mm -hmm. side, not even just like the, the physical ability to pass, like you're mentioning, but just the the read to be like, okay, weak side corners open. I'm gonna I'm gonna make that pass. Like he's he's got some, he has some he really has an understanding of NBA defenses that maybe I didn't give him credit for as a young player. I thought he was just a dunk machine. I don't think he had this to start the year. Like this is something that he's making passes and making reads that he wasn't making at the beginning of the season. And I think that just shows incredible growth in his game and kind of the potential that he has, right? You know, with Anthony Davis here in New Orleans for so long, he'd get double teamed and it would just be the end of the possession because he couldn't pass out of this. And right. this happened for a while, like in his third and fourth year in New Orleans. You know, he was a guy that could have averaged 10 assists based on all the attention he was getting and just couldn't make those passes in everything that he was capable, you know, that we've seen Zion do. So Zion being able to do this this early on in his career, oh man, like watch, watch out league. Like that's kind of all you have to say. Like he's, if Jackson Hayes ever grows into the player that, you know, they thought he could be drafting him eighth overall, that four five connection is just going to be deadly with that kind of like verticality that they're going to have in their games. And I don't know how you defend some of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, you got, you just have to play Hayes out off the court on the other end. So they have to put it <laughs> yeah. on Gomez or someone that's, that is the, that would be the only way to do it. Uh, let's come back in the second segment. I want to ask you a little more about the sort of the Pelicans offense uh, half court and clutch time performances. Uh, so that's what we'll do in the second segment. But first we got to give out the Ultra Player of the Week because enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole game. And 
There is no one on the Blazers who will make you enjoy a performance quite like Damian Lillard. That is why he is my Michelob Ultra Player of the Week this week. You put up 50 points, 10 rebounds, and you score 15 in a furious fourth quarter comeback to outscore the Pelicans 25-7 to close the game. You're you're winning the Ultra Player of the Week. That's I mean, that is... A 50-burger is the Ultra Player of the Week because... Miklo wants you to know that it's only worth it if you enjoy it, and there is no one who makes you enjoy it and brings you that happiness of of enjoy quite like Damian Lillard. He Miklo believes that joy creates success, and certainly all of the Blazers' success has been created in large part by the joy that Dame brings. So, are you happy because you win, or you win because you're happy? Thanks to Damian Lillard, the Blazers are both. Today's episode is brought to you by betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. It's a great week to get into a to a uh, internet sports book. The NCAA tournament starts today as you're listening to this or if you listen to it a little later. The NCAA tournament is going on right now. So make sure you get to bet online because they got real-time updated odds and props on anything you can imagine. Got you covered for all your news and your scores. It's just the best way to place your bets online and it's free to sign up. So head on over to their website. That's betonline.ag. You can use your mobile device or your computer and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus when you're on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's betonline.ag. The promo code is LOCKEDON and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online your online sportsbook experts. All right. We're still chatting here with Jake Madison of Locked on Pelicans. Jake, we talked about Zion Williamson. I don't know how to guard him. Seems like you don't know either. You just He's going to score. So <laughs> I, I, I think the, the next question is for how to handle this Pelicans team is they seem to struggle a little bit in half court when things slow down. What is your diagnosis of that? Yeah, it's it's been getting better, but this this is better than it was to start the year when it was Absolutely. like an abject disaster. Like to start the year, the first 10, 15 games from New Orleans in the half court, like woof, it was the offense was so bad. Part of that is they don't have uh, like a pure point guard, right? Like Lonzo Lonzo Ball had 17 assists in this game, which is kind of nuts to me, but you know, when you watched him playing, was he driving into the teeth of the defense, creating for others and kicking out? No, he, he's really good at passing around the perimeter and getting the ball where it needs to go as more of a connector than a creator. And that can hurt you in the half court, right? When you just lack aggressiveness and guys that are just going to go out and get a shot or create for others. And they kind of lack that point. Zion has helped alleviate that because they have a lot of guys who are kind of secondary ball handlers, right? right. Zion's more of a secondary ball handler than a primary guy. Same for Brandon Ingram, who's capable of passing the rock, but he's going to get you four or five assists. That's it. It's not going to be that guy that's going to get closer to 10. That's creating the offense for you. And then we've talked, we just talked about the stuff with Lonzo ball and Eric blood. So I wish they would trade him like this second um, and get him Good off luck. of this team because he's been, yeah, I know bad this season. So when you, when you look at that, if one of those guys is kind of having an off game or not feeling it, they're going to, they're going to struggle in the half court. And then in crunch time offense, you know, they, they all think they're capable of creating when they're not necessarily all actually capable of creating. It's kind of like a too many cooks in the kitchen kind of thing. And you saw it in this game against the Blazers, right? The offense really went away from New Orleans when they had been clicking. 
and you were going in possessions where it, the ball wouldn't get to Zion, it wouldn't get to Brandon Ingram. And they said it after the game. It's too many guys trying to play hero ball and be the man and not kind of realizing what their role in this team is. And that's where I think it kind of went to crap for New Orleans of Eric Bledsoe being like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go to the rim and I'm going to score here. That's what you need in crunch time on a team with Zion that no one can stop and Brandon Ingram, who's an unbelievable mid-range jump shooter, and he's probably going to be able to get that look. And instead, Eric Bledsoe got blocked by, you know, defensive player of the year, Carmelo Anthony here. Like, yeah, if he would get that you, hardware ready, baby, Melo, getting, he's, he's honestly, <laughs> sorry, Rudy block, Gobert. Right? Hey, cool, cool career, Rudy Gobert. Cool. I mean, I mean, congratulations, but you're going to have to hand. That's, that's two-time. Defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert, not three because it's going to Mello. Congratulations. Exactly, right? Like he just got a top shot moment blocking Eric Bledsoe and like Eric Bledsoe should not feel good about that decision. And so when you kind of make those type of plays and like that's the mindset, you saw that, you know, it was like eight seconds left. He was like, I I'm going to do this. Like it was just very clear that Eric Bledsoe was going to go and try and score the second he started to pound the ball after it kind of got reset. And they, they doubled him to a degree too. He ran, ran into the brick wall that is Carmelo Anthony on defense. I forget who it was that rotated over because Zion was in the corner. All he had to do was just like toss the ball lightly to Zion. And Zion yeah, I think it was Rodney easy Hood, dunk yeah. at the rim. Like easy dunk at the rim. And he just didn't even try and do that. And so when you're when you're gonna make those decisions, it's just okay. Your 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 offense is going to struggle. So I, I've been less worried about them in the half court recently because they've been really good. And since they've switched to point Zion, they've been like a top five offense the entirety of the time, except when everyone's doing dumb things like that late in games. <laughs> yeah, I mean, early in the year, I was like, oh no, these pe none of these players fit together. That was my big worry it about looked the Pelicans. Horrible. Is like, oh, they have a bunch of good players, but they, they they're not playing the same game, so it doesn't matter. But I think they have they have looked better. And then it's like the final five minutes on Tuesday. You're like, well, <laughs> maybe those problems are the same. But I also think that was just I think I don't think that was an execution thing. Like some of it was for sure. Some of it's just bad luck. Yeah. I mean, you just miss yeah. free throws and a stupid a turnover. It's just bad luck. It, there were a number of things that went into this. Like I had I had my Twitter mentions being like, you guys need to kill this team. Uh, on your show. And I was like, I I'm not that angry about this one. It's like, it's a young team that doesn't know how to close. Right. And hasn't kind of got that mentality that maybe Damian Lillard has. And that's something they can develop. Like Zion at a certain point just needs to demand the ball and be like, you got to give it to me. You got to feed me. And I'm going to go and do my thing because this team is not capable of stopping me. And once they figure that out, like, I think some of this stuff kind of goes away and then some of its luck some of its refs and Damian Lillard is going to earn those calls in the final foul on Eric Bledsoe was definitely a foul yeah he smacked you know, him on the wrist yeah like there's a ton of stuff that went into this and I don't know if it so much is like oh man this team's bad on offense because they've been good it's just in the final five minutes of games crunch time they just got to figure it out you know and sometimes you just got to like take your lumps during this right it's it's 11 blown leads of double digits this year eventually you hope those are going to turn into like learning experiences and you just won't keep doing this forever. And, yeah, you know, the thing about learning experiences is you can learn bad. You can like, you can have a lot of bad moments, you know, you can learn, you can learn yeah. the same lesson several times. It, and it might take a little bit and hopefully they'll start to figure it out. And I've seen progress from this team offensively. Cause you said like at the beginning of the year, it's like, why are they playing slow? They need to be playing fast with this team they have like they did last year and it was going to work. And it, it, they just looked, it, it, and I've said this on my show a bunch, you know, it looks just like a collection of individual talent out there on the court, but not really like a team, but they've become more of a team, I think, over the past couple of months. It just fell apart in, in a tough game, you know? Like, uh, it's one of those things, like, this happens.
Yeah, here's the good news. They get to play the Blazers again, and they have 42 <laughs> minutes of tape that suggests that they're, they are able to just kind of run this team off the court. I assume Thursday is going to go well for the, uh, I was going to say the team in red, but the, the jersey stuff is weird now, so who knows what colors they're going <laughs> to yeah, wear. Yeah, what colors is going to be out there. Yeah, uh, with so the team, that the visiting team, we'll call them. Uh, in the in thir- third segment, in honor of we're heading into the trade deadline, I want to talk a little bit about what you see will happen with New Orleans over the next week or so. I guess we're eight days out from the trade deadline as we're recording this one. So that's what we'll talk about in segment number three. But first, let's talk about rockauto.com. Y'all know rockauto.com is a family business that's been serving auto part customers online for over 20 years. They got everything you need from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. And whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, you, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks and all of it will be delivered directly to your door. So go to rockauto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And while you're there, you'll see that their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Allows you to quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. And then you'll be able to choose the brands, the specifications, and the prices that you prefer. And best of all is those prices because at rockauto.com, they're always reliably low. And they're the same for professionals as they are for the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? You don't have to do that. Instead, you can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And while you're there, make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box. That way, they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Y'all know Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar in the market. It comes in 18 amazing flavors, all of which are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber all of which are covered in 100% chocolate. You know those details, but now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. That's right, it's Built Bar Madness, and we got a wonderful matchup for you today. We got Cookie Dough Chunk squaring off against Salted Caramel in the sweetest 16. Salted Caramel winner in the first round beat German Chocolate to advance to face Cookie Dough Chunk that got a bye. Uh, I got to tell y'all, I have not had cookie dough chunk. I am very intrigued, uh, but I got to go with what I know, salted caramel. Uh, I, I voted for it in the first round. I'm rolling with it here too. Uh, salted caramel it, it, advancing to the enticing eight. Uh, listen, I might have to get. I might have to head over to BillBar.com and use the promo code. Uh, Locked on 15 to get myself some of these cookie dough chunk bars. But if you want to check out these bars or vote in this poll, you can go to BillBar.com. Or visit them on Twitter at bar underscore built. And like I said, if you want to buy some of these, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Lockdown Blazers. We're still talking with Jake Madison, host of Locked On Pelicans. Jake, are the Pelicans going to be buyers or sellers at the trade deadline? You know, this I get this one a lot. And my 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 mindset on this is they sure as hell should be sellers. And I'm a little bit worried about them being buyers and kind of looking at, oh man, we we could be a really good seventh seed. Let's let's kind of cash in this war chest of picks we have. And look, they, ha- they have a lot of future first round picks. They, c- they can swing any deal they want. They have a ton 
coming from the Lakers from the Anthony Davis trade, a ton coming from the Milwaukee Bucks uh, in the Drew Holiday trade and pick swaps in between there. Have somewhat intriguing young guys in Nikhil Alexander, Walker, Jackson A's. I don't think they would move Kyra Lewis Jr. Th- they could get kind of whatever trade they wanted to done. And they've recently been linked to a guy like Aaron Gordon that I think makes some sense on New Orleans, actually, but is that the guy you kind of want to put those chips in? So the way I look at it is any move you make right now, which, you know, top of the line would be an Aaron Gordon kind of guy, is going to hurt you in the long term if you want to swing a trade for a Bradley Beal-esque player. You know, do you want to give up an extra pick or two right now to get in a piece and mean you don't trade for that superstar later on? Because New Orleans is going to get any future big trade done with quantity over quality. Those aren't exactly going to be great first-round picks, so you're going to need to include as many of them as like you are allowed to basically in a trade to swing a deal. So I don't know if I want to kill any future flexibility for a big trade for a guy like Aaron Gordon, who's going to be a third or fourth option on this team that you're also going to have to pay $20 million to in a year or so. So I hope they are not buyers because of that. And I hope they just try and move off pieces that aren't long-term things here. So like JJ Reddick certainly is going to be moved. He's, He's not playing right now with a, ankle injury a a non-surgical procedure um just to keep him away from the team i'm assuming so that he doesn't get hurt and tank what little trade value i think he has i don't think there's a ton so i think i see them moving on from a guy like him i think they'll kick the tires on potentially trading lonzo ball if they're really worried about his price tag and maybe paying him 23 24 million a year over four years which he might command as restricted free agent so if a deal really falls into place for him i expect they'll move on from him but I don't think that's going to happen. Like, I think this is going to be a pretty muted trade deadline for New Orleans where you, you move J.J. Redick for a second-round pick to do right by him and get him to a contender. Or if that doesn't even materialize, you just buy him out. Right. And, like, that's kind of it. And you just kind of roll with what you have. Hope they can put some things together. Maybe, maybe get, you know, not be abysmal on defense and just be below average. And that's considered an improvement. And maybe it somehow gets you into the play-in tournament. But I don't really see that being the case. So... You know, I think they're just move on from the pieces that aren't going to be here next season, get what you can for them and start planning for the future. But uh, look, they could go either way. They've been linked to guys like Aaron Gordon. They've been linked to Miles Turner, which makes some sense, I think, though I'm not as high on him. So we're going to find out. Like, uh, your guess is as good as mine on this, but they should be sellers. Yeah, the J.J. Redick thing seems inevitable. Like, he's not going to be on the team in April. Uh, one way no. or another, one way or another, he'll not, they tried to get rid of him earlier and it didn't work out and they'll try again. Um, I think he's a buyout guy. It's kind of seems like, um, Most which, likely, whatever, yeah, I, I mean, maybe, you. you know, deadline spur action. So maybe we'll get, you know, at the final hour, someone will toss in a 2027 second rounder and they'll say, cool, that works for us. Sure. We, why not? Right. We don't want this dude on the team anyways. Uh, do you think it would be a mistake to get rid of Lonzo ball? Yes and no. It, it like it really depends. Like this is one that's been really tough. So like he he's playing the best basketball of his career right now and at times looks like he could kind of be that third guy alongside Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson and you know what? If it works with Zion Williamson, does anything else matter? Like right. that's that's who you've got to maximize, right? If it works with him, you keep that piece. And so I think they I'm leaning towards they end up keeping him. The other thing is just trying to figure out a deal, right? Where you get the proper value in return for him. And like, I don't know if it really exists. It's really tough. And there isn't a ton of like historical precedent on trading 
future restricted free agents that are about to kind of hit the market where you get a good return, let alone a guy that's going to command a lot of money. You know, this isn't just a throwaway player that you can kick the tires on for half of a season and see if you want to bring him back on a cheap enough deal. He's got clutches his representation. Yeah, like that Rich, Paul into this. Rich Paul ain't going ain't gonna to take a uh, discount. No. So like he's looking at minimum 20 million a year. I think, I think I that's agree. what he's played into his, his three point shooting is pretty, pretty good. He's you know, good. It's no, he's a, like, he's good. He's just not a point guard. And so if you can, if you, it. if you put him on the wing, it, it, like I, I, maybe this is as a three and D guy. Like he, it's, it's not a bad dude to have. Like he had some moments of really exceptional defense in this game and then moments, not so much, but like if his three point shots falling and he keeps going three of seven, like you'll take that every day. Yeah, of the week. He's a, a lead standstill shooter. Uh, he can, he's a really smart secondary playmaker. He's not a downhill guy. Um, he doesn't no, create his own shot, but he he's a really smart offensive player. He's a competitive defensive player and he's six foot six. Like I, I think he's good. I think the Pelicans are going to regret letting him go. Like, I think they're going to be mad when he signs with the Dallas Mavericks. I, that's why I think that they're probably not letting him. Oh, you know, part of it, it, it's been this stretch, right? Like you would have liked to have seen this for an extra year or two during this time. And you haven't seen that from him. So the consistency right. to like make you feel really good about investing 24 million in him isn't exactly there. And so that's some of my concern on this, but you know what, to, if he does it over these final 30 plus games, I think that says a lot and that sure. adds some consistency. So maybe you feel a little bit safer about it. So I think they ultimately end up keeping him, and I expect he'll be back in new Orleans next season. Yeah. I, I kind of think the new Orleans is sort of a good litmus test for how quiet the whole trade deadline might be. Like they're a team that can go yeah. either direction and they're very likely to do nothing other than like buy out JJ Redick, which means that maybe this whole trade deadline, maybe a week from now when we're all getting excited for the, the most exciting four hours of Woj tweeting of the year is it's just gonna be like, <laughs> Yep. Okay. Well, Harrison Barnes is a Celtic or whatever. Just kidding. He's not. Danny Ainge got close and it didn't happen. It's like, I, I, I made kind that of joke think... on Locked On NBA to, to John Corrales of Locked On Celtics the, uh, literally yesterday. It's like, that's, that's the big move, right? Like, I just don't see much other than maybe Orlando has a sell off. And I think this is going to be a pretty quiet trade deadline overall. Yeah. I, it's, it's hard to like, the, the way the cap went makes less teams have all this flexibility. Uh, the buyout market for sort of good players, like there's good players who might get bought out, kind of maybe will mm -hmm. slow people's role for how they how they get there. And uh, it's just the sort of names that are movable aren't like Lonzo Ball is the sexiest name to move. And like, what are you get Like you said, what are you giving up for for a guy like him? The problem with it also is like, you know, if you trade for him, it's it's not just what are you giving up for him? It's are you comfortable paying him a $25 million a year yeah, yeah, deal? Exactly. And that's, and, and that's going to kill some of the trade value knowing that you've got to pay him. And, and so that's where it's just, I, I've struggled to find a deal that makes sense. How like, about Gary? You want Gary Trent Jr.? How about a Gary Trent Jr. for Alonzo swap? You get a shoot, I mean, shooter, free throw, a, shooting Gary, a Trent gritty Jr. bulldog, a gritty bulldog of, of Gary Trent Jr. And, and we'll take damaged goods, Lonzo ball. <laughs> um, yeah, let, let me, let me give a call to David Griffin here and uh, yeah. see what he says. Hey, listen, I don't think David Griffin never against Lonzo ball. No, no, look, they're, they're shopping him. Like I, I will 100% tell you they've called a lot of teams about Lonzo ball. Yeah. I know this for a fact. The problem is, like, I just don't think that market, like, really exists. Like, if he was going to get traded, you would have traded him by now. Right. And, you know? and teams know that if they want him, just give him a, a huge offer this summer and, and 
and make it so that New Orleans can't match it, you know, and like call their bluff, problem solved. Yeah, call their bluff. You know, so I think that's part of it, you know. So like, just there's things working against getting the right value from. If the value's there, they do it. But like, if someone's gonna offer you a rotation player and like a second round pick, like nah. You may as well kick the tires on him for the final 30 plus games of the year. And if he balls out over those 30 games, cool. Sign me up for four more years of that. Exactly. Well, uh, Pelicans Blazers are going to do it again on Thursday night. Um, Hopefully it's as entertaining as game one. Uh, The first one was pretty fun. Good for TV. Maybe not in uh, on your sort of listener base. Wasn't as (laughs) entertaining, but uh, both of the Blazers Pelicans games have been awesome. They've come down to the finals, the final possession. So hopefully we get another one of those on Thursday. I'm, I'm looking forward to it personally. Look, I, I enjoy watching Damian Lillard play. He is legitimately one of my favorite players to watch. Like any opportunity to like really see him in action. Like when you get to watch greatness like that, it's pretty fun. You know what? Meaningful basketball games where like the game, the results close, it, it can end up being fun, even if it doesn't go your way. So I'm looking forward to it too. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Jake. We'll uh, we'll do it again soon. Of course. Thanks for having me on, Mike. Uh, dearest listeners, tell your friends about this podcast. Tell them they can find it wherever they already get podcasts. Just search Locked on Blazers. We'll be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.